Hey everyone, Josh Case here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy today's message. Thank you, Jesus. You're always good. You're always good. Your love endures. I give you praise. Somebody slip your hands up and declare, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. that Pastor Courtney actually opened with this text, and this is where I'm preaching from today. Listen, it says in Psalms 100, verse 1, make a joyful shout unto the Lord. All ye lands, make a joyful shout. Was that a joyful one? Make a joyful shout. Some of y'all just went. We're going to do it one more time. You ready? One, two, three, make a joyful shout. Unto the Lord, all ye lands, serve the Lord with, with what? Gladness. Come before his presence with singing. This is God's process. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Now here we go, it's Thanksgiving week, but this ought to be our behavior and our posture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why should I do that, apostle? For the Lord is, he's what? He's good and his mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. Now that's shouting stuff right there. Hallelujah. But then I want you to look at 1 Peter 1, 
verse 18, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold or denominations or religion from your aimless conduct received by the tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Y'all, I'm excited about Thanksgiving. I love it. It's one of my favorite holidays. But I want to preach for a few minutes along these lines. While you're feasting on the turkey, don't forget about the lamb. <laughs> Tell everybody on your row, say, while you're feasting on the turkey, don't forget about the lamb. I wonder if the lamb has made a difference in anybody's life in this place today. Come on, if you know you're only here because of the lamb, open up your mouth and give God a praise today. Man, I feel like preaching. You ready? Slip up your hands. Father, here and online around the world, we just receive a fresh oil anointing. Thank you for every blessing in Jesus' name. Somebody give the Lord a mighty praise. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. The Bible said here in this text to make a joyful shout unto the Lord. I'm going to have joy. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for joy. David, precious, wrote the Psalms reflecting on his love and thankfulness for the Lord and for his house. I have a lot to be thankful for today. Anybody got a lot to be thankful for? Okay, however much you got to be thankful for, let this praise reflect it. Okay, one, two, three. There's so much I'm thankful for, but of everything precious, look at me now, that I'm thankful for, I'm most thankful for Jesus. I wouldn't be here without Jesus. I wouldn't be saved without Jesus. I wouldn't be apostle anybody without Jesus. Come on. How many of y'all know you would be nothing without Jesus? The most important thing in this season that I want to say before you and before the world is thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the Lamb. So we're just going to unpack this thing and we're going to learn even in a greater dimension God's process. The Bible says here in verse 1, it said, make a joyful shout unto the Lord all ye lands. Now this is powerful to me. Because it said, make a joyful shout. The King James Version said, noise before the Lord, all ye lands. So here's what you got to know about God's house. Here's what you got to know about God's presence. Sometimes it can be a noisy place. Tell your neighbor you're sitting on the noisy road. Come on. We, we need to be noisy. We need to be boastful and excited about the Lord. Look at the word shout from the original text in the Hebrew because it's a layered meaning. Shout is the word ruah, and it's actually the shout that the children of Israel lifted up in, in Joshua 6 when they walked around the walls of Jericho, and they lifted up a shout, and the walls fell down flat. So the Lord said, when you come into my presence, come into my presence with a ruah. It's the shout that causes walls to fall, hindrances to disappear, and enemies to flee. Mm. 
Come on, God's got a strategy. It's not about emotionalism. It, oh, apostle, that's just emotion. It is emotion, but it's more than emotion. It's being obedient to the Lord. And God said, when you shout, when you lift up a shout, it will cause walls to fall in your life. It will cause hindrances to disappear and enemies to flee. I dare you to tell everybody down your row, say, my shout makes me dangerous. Oh, I don't know if they believed you. Tell everybody on the other side of you. Say, my shout makes me dangerous. See, the devil doesn't want you to know the power of entering into his presence with a shout, giving God praise. Because, see, if you understand the thing about the devil, we always bind the devil when we pray. I bind that devil. I send that devil back to hell where he's from. Well, that's fun to pray, but that's bad theology. The devil is actually not in hell. I've sent you back to hell. The devil is not in hell. He's going to be placed in hell by one angel, one angel, not even an archangel. Come on, y'all. One angel is going to roll him up like a ball at the end of the tribulation and throw him in the lake of fire. The devil is not in hell. The devil is in the firmament. The first heaven is the earth, the second heaven is the firmament, the sky, and the third heaven is where the throne is. And the devil exists in the firmament. Think about that. That's where the sky is. And if you study your Bible in Genesis, the Lord blessed everything and said it was good. And then he went on to say that some of the stuff he created was very good. But when he went across and he spoke to the firmament, he just created it and moved right on. He didn't say it was good or very good or anything. Because that's where the devil is. He's in the second heaven. He's creating spiritual warfare. Come on, y'all. You say, well, I don't believe that, apostle. Then you don't believe your Bible. Because 21 days in the book of Daniel, the prince of Persia was a demonic stronghold that held up Daniel's prayer from being answered because there is demonic influence over regions. There is demonic influence over even, even Volusia County and Flagler County. That's how the devil works. He works in satanic warfare. He is the prince of the power of the air. That's what the Bible calls him. But how many of you know a king outranks a prince. So he's the prince of the power of the air. Now watch this. I was reading something a while back and a doctor who understands and writes and studies sound, he made this statement. He said there's something about the sound of a human shout that shreds the air. He said when you shout, it shreds the air. And the devil is the prince of the power of the air. And the Lord said in the spiritual context, not like you're rooting for the Bucks or the Florida Gators. He's, I hope you're not rooting for the Gators. Come on, somebody. Or the Bulldogs of Alabama, you should be rooting for Miami. Come on. This guy says FSU. But here's the deal. Look at y'all already manifesting. Dear, dear Lord. Rooting for BCU, the Rattlers. Come on, somebody. I'm rooting for Jesus. <laughs> But watch this, there's something about the sound of a human shout that shreds the air. The Lord spoke to me and he said, every time my people, since the devil is the prince of the power of the air, every time my people shout unto me with a voice of triumph, they are shredding the devil's kingdom. 
Every time they shout, they're tearing down walls. Every time they shout, they're releasing victory. I dare you right now, if you're not ashamed, not afraid, and you're ready to tear the devil's kingdom down and open up heaven, one, two, three, give God a shout of praise. Y'all, I felt that in my spirit. Shout until he gets out of your house. Shout until he leaves your children alone. Shout until your body gets healed. There's something about entering through his presence with a shout. Oh, I feel so. We just broke into something. One, two, three, shout unto God. That's God's promise. Now, when you shout, you shred the devil's kingdom, but it's also a shout that is announcing victory. It means to release confidence, faith, and joy. Who would admit that in that moment you heard that shout lifted up in this room, something just kind of shifted in you? If that's you, wave at me right now. Come on, I, I felt that in my spirit. I dare you right now, if you need some victory and you need some new confidence and you need new faith and joy, we've already shouted one time, one, two, three, shout again. Yeah. Come on. I want, you, I want you to walk out of here feeling victory. Really, I want you to have confidence. I want you to have faith. I want you to have joy. When the children of God shouted, it released victory in their life. Confidence and faith and joy before the Lord. And I would say to you, folks, we need to learn to give God glory and praise no matter what our circumstances look like. Mm. This shouting is something believers do in faith. And sometimes shouting for victory in the natural makes no sense. But if you'll walk in obedience, there's a confidence that will be released when you bring God this kind of praise. It announces to your problem, your shout and your praise announces to your problem that God is in control and my victory is secured and no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. It's an atmosphere where you understand that shouting is emotional, but God made us to be emotional beings. And we're encouraged. Sorrow and joy, dread are replaced with joy when we shout. So number one, a shout is a ruah. And it causes walls to fall, hindrances to disappear, and the enemies to flee. But then number two, the word shout means announcing victory and releasing confidence, faith, and joy. Even if you're in a fight right now, lift up a praise and announce the victory. Come on, even if you ain't got it yet. Come on, anybody can praise post-victory. I dare you right now, if all hell has been breaking loose against you, even if you got some things you're praying about now, Go ahead and announce the victory with your praise. Listen, the devil is biting his nails right now if he has them because you are announcing that I've got more confidence in the goodness of God than I do fear of the attack of the enemy. But I love this part of the definition of shout. In the Hebrew, it's a joyful shout, 
It's the shout of the arrival of the king. Here comes Jesus. Here comes Jesus. Here comes Jesus. This is what it sounds like. Y'all, come on now. Y'all heard, our guys wrote that song. Every time we shout a joyful shout, we are announcing the arrival of the king. Could it be that in some of your situations, the king ain't showed up because you ain't praised him? Because you haven't announced him. I dare you right now, if you're ready for the king to show up, just go ahead and make an announcement right now. Here comes the king. In somebody's hospital bed right now, here comes the king. Somebody's lost children, hey, here comes the king. Somebody's financial situation, hey, here comes the king. Listen, I want you to praise God radically this Thanksgiving. I'm not saying I want you to holler so much you give grandma a heart attack. Come on. But here's the deal. You will walk in joy if you purpose to be louder in your thanksgiving than you are in your complaining. Have you ever known people who were perpetual complainers? And they are loud in their complaining but quiet in their gratitude. And here's what I want you to know this Thanksgiving season. This isn't for you, but it's for your neighbor. Unthankful people are a drain. Hanging out with people who complain are a drain. But I'm telling you, thankful people remain. Can I get a witness? I dare you, if you got anything to be thankful for, give God a praise right now. Just go ahead. So when you get to Thanksgiving dinner and you walk in and you see the very people in your family that got on your last nerve, open the door and say, hallelujah. Get really crazy. Get open the door and say, Con-da-da-da-bo-sha-ta-da-bas. I bet they might put you out the house. Come on. So God said, if you come into my presence, he said, the first thing I want you to be is free. I want you to be excited about being there. He said, this is my process. This is what I want. This is what I desire. Then he said, serve the Lord, verse 2, with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Now, do you know people who are like perpetually miserable? Sad they're sitting next to me, apostle. Come on. That they're so miserable that anything they do for you, they don't do it with gladness. They do it with madness. I'll come get you. Come on. You need $100. There you go. Huh. And you know, that, that's not the way of a believer. The Bible said, serve the Lord with gladness. What is our service to the Lord if we do it with madness and not gladness? Could you imagine a greeter at Calvary when they came through the door? Hey, welcome. Glad you're here. 
Come on in. You know, y'all remember, I grew up in the old church where in the old days, some of the ushers were actually demon-possessed. Come on, y'all. And they would, you sit right here. This is not your seat. You can't sit over. This is Sister Shabadoo's seat. You got to sit here. Put your phone away. I mean, just getting on the people. This is my section. Listen, you ain't helping nobody. Serve the Lord with gladness. Why are people going to want what you want if you're not glad to have it? Do you know people, like I said, who are perpetually miserable? Don't just serve the Lord. Serve him with gladness. You know what gladness means in the Hebrew? He said, if you're going to serve me, serve me with gladness. It means this. Where's some more of these? We only got one? Go get a couple of them. Hurry. Break a record. It means that when you serve me, the Lord said, I want you to serve me like it's a party. This is the lamest. Lord, have mercy. Listen, you put that on. Give John one. John, put that on. Oh, my Lord. I wish I had a trumpet. You got your, you got your, you got your blower? You got your horn? Because this, you got, these are like, Are you kidding me? This is the way some of y'all been acting here lately. When you ought to be giving God praise, give him praise. Look at him. Shout unto God. Your breath. No, I'm kidding. All right. So here's what we're going to do. He said, when it comes to serving me, he said, you need to throw a party. He said, when it comes to coming into my presence, he said, I'm a good time God. Y'all think God is just deep and serious all the time, but we are made in the image of God. And he said, if you come into my presence and you serve me, he said, throw a party. So, so... This ain't working. This ain't working. Give me the microphone. I'm so ashamed of that. Where's my microphone? You got your... Well, hey, can you move a little quicker? Come on. Serve the Lord with gladness and swiftness. All right. So here's what we're going to do. So we come into his presence. Okay, don't come up here. You got to put this on. You there talking to Courtney. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, I saw you. You're going to come up here and party with me. 
Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party cause a Holy Ghost party don't stop. Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party cause a Holy Ghost party don't stop. I said, ain't no party like a... Come on. Ain't no... All right, so we're going to have us a party right now. We're, this is Thanksgiving. We're not going to be depressed. We're not going to be discouraged. So would you please blow us a horn? That's how they came to church. They announced it with the blowing of the shofar. And we've been walking in waiting for God to do what he's already done. I dare you to give him praise through a party. Tell your neighbor, say, hey neighbor, give me just a minute. I gotta praise him. I'm gonna throw my own party. God's been so good to me, I'm gonna throw my own party. God made a way for me, I'm gonna throw my own party. Uh, don't, don't underestimate, y'all be seated. I like this mic, come on, use it for a minute. Don't underestimate the power of the process. Because so often when people come in, Man, they've been over with the pressures of the weak. Come on, y'all. And with the attacks of the enemy. But when we come in and we just say, you know what, God, I'm excited. I'm more thrilled about you than I am worried over the enemy. So I'm going to come in with gladness. Now, watch this. He said, come before his presence with singing. Now, this is going to really mess some of y'all up. But the word singing there means to sing like someone who is singing a rousy victory song, a rousing victory song, who might be a little drunk. Now, now I don't believe none of y'all are drunk in here today, but I believe there might be four or five that's hung over. Can I get a witness in here? But we're not talking about being drunk on alcohol. We're talking about being drunk on new wine. Being drunk on the things of God. He said, when you come into my presence, he said, I don't want you to be like, here comes freedom. Here comes freedom. Here comes freedom. This is what it looks like. Here comes joy. Here comes joy. Here comes. No, he said, don't come into my presence like that. He said, come and make people think maybe you had too much to drink. He said, when you come in my presence, come in shouting. And then he said, come in singing. Here comes freedom. Here comes freedom. Here comes. This is what it looks like. Here comes joy, here comes joy, here comes joy. This is what it looks like. Here comes breakthrough, here comes, see some of y'all ain't even there. Some of y'all are just sitting there, but some of y'all have already understood what I've said. We've got to break something off this generation and have a little joy back in the house of the Lord. 
There's so much depression now among our young people. They're suicidal. They're cutting themselves. There's so much pressure in homes. Why can't we come into the presence of the Lord? If you're not ashamed to look a little bit crazy, one, two, three, give God a shout of praise and give him... Do you, do you understand that he is actually a good time God? God doesn't like it when we laugh. Are you kidding me? David said the joy of the Lord is my strength. Don't you know that God probably looks at you and me sometimes and just cracks right up? God said, don't just sing loud. He said, sing loud and sing with joy. Sing like you've been drinking new wine. My dad would say, sing with onions in it. Anytime anybody was doing something extra good or with a lot of effort, my dad would say, son, he's doing that with onions in it. Because onions was always extra. And I remember one night... My dad gave the microphone to anybody. In the old church that I was raised in, I got a word that would give it to him. I want to sing a song, dad let him sing. My dad would walk back and find a preacher that he heard was in the room. He said, you feel like preaching tonight? That was the way my dad did. I love him, but that was just that's his old school way. And I remember one night, this guy came up and said, I want to sing. My dad said, go right ahead. He said, but I play the drums when I sing. He sits down, starts playing the drums. He is terrible. And they give him a microphone. They put it up there, and he starts singing. Just take those old records. He's singing Bob Seger in the house of the Lord. My dad leaned over at me. He said, hey, you know what, son? I said, what, dad? He said, he's singing with onions in it. And when the, I was so uncomfortable, and when the man finished, my dad jumped up and shouted and clapped and carried on. And I whispered to dad, I said, how are you shouting like that? He said, I'm shouting because it's over. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you, there should not be a party or a celebration that should ever come close or compare with what takes place when you enter into the presence of the Lord. There should be nothing in the world that could ever compare with how you act. You acted crazy yesterday watching college football. You'll cheer today. But then when you come into God's presence, you don't want to act that way. I'm telling you, nothing this world has can compare with the Jesus that you serve. So right now, if you're not ashamed, give him some praise in here right now. It's God's process. And if you don't get in his process, you won't have a miracle. If you don't get in his process, you won't have breakthrough. I love worship. I love the word. But let me tell you something. There are moments when I come into God's presence. Honey, I've got to give him praise. I've got to break off the attack of the enemy. I've got to see walls fall. I've got to see mountains move. It's a victory shout. 
Come on. So we got to get in his process. Tell everybody in your neighborhood, get in his process. And then verse 3 said, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of whose pasture is it? Whose is it? The Bible said the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. That means everything belongs to God, including you. We are the sheep of his pasture. Now watch this. First thing he said was, the Lord, he is God. What does that speak of? That speaks of the sovereignty of God. That means he's God all by himself. God is sovereign. Sovereign is two words. Sovereign meaning superior, meaning super, meaning above, meaning higher, stronger, greater. And then the word reign means to be in charge. So if we're going to define sovereign in just a simple way, sovereign means this. God is God and you ain't. Let me set somebody free. God is God and you ain't. In fact, Job said in Job 36, 23, no one can tell God what to do. Tell somebody in your neighborhood, say no one can tell God what to do. Not even your mother-in-law, come on. No one can tell God what to do. Not your husband, no one can tell God what to do. Believe it or not, God is not looking for your advice on how to run the world. He didn't get up there and say, man, I wonder what Don Reilly thinks about this today. I wonder, no, God is God. Now, I get up thinking that. Come on, y'all. But God is in charge. And then the Bible said, it is he who made us and not we ourselves. I hear people say, I'm a self-made man. I'm not a self-made man. If I was a self-made man, I'd be a self-made mess. Is there anybody with a sense enough to know that you didn't get to where you are by yourself? Everything you have, everything you are, every, your salvation, your... Come on, if you know it's God who made you, give him praise right now. Come on, if he gave you the bed you slept in, if he gave you the food on your table, if he gave you your job, if he gave you your family, if, if he sent Jesus and gave you Jesus, if you know he made you, give him a praise right now. Watch this, precious. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. Now, the word made us there in the Hebrew, it means to produce, to work with, to attend to, and to finish. It's the idea that God made us, but he didn't quit on us after he made us. In other words, he made us and he is making us. That we are a work in progress. It's a continuing work. And one of the reasons why I enter into his gates with thanksgiving one of the reasons I shout and party and bless his name is because I understand that even when I lose my way, even when I act crazy, even when I stumble, he doesn't throw me away, but he keeps on working on me. It's a continuous process that I'm in. Is there anybody here today that can thank him 
that he is still working on you after all these years. Come on, if you require a lot of attention and you know that even now, I've been saved for decades, but you're still working on me. If he's still working on you, give him a praise right now. Give him a praise. Working on my attitude. Hello. Sometimes my attitude isn't right. He, he works on the way I think. Working on my generosity. Come on, somebody. He's working on me. Now, I owe it all to Jesus. I understand if you knew my, my story and knew where I came from, you would know that everything that you see here today, all eight campuses, it's because the Lord has been faithful and good. And then the text said, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Now, now don't miss this. Everything is his. That's my car, my house, my land. Well, you think that way. But then if you die, it ain't your car no more. It's not your house anymore. And it's not your land anymore. That's why you've got to understand that everything you have in your life short of God is temporary. And so often we put all of our energy, all of our effort on things that are temporary, not understanding that it is the eternal God that we have to stand before one day and he is the one that matters most. Somebody say it all belongs to God. Say it all, I say it all belongs to God. Every piece of chicken in the bucket. It belongs to God. Your bank account belongs to God. Your family belongs to God. Your wig belongs to God. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Your children belong to God. Your house belongs to God. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. The pasture is his. We don't own the pasture. The pasture is his and he can evict us anytime he gets ready. We think we own it. We own it. We own nothing. We are stewards. We are managers. It's all temporary. So he said, since the Lord, he is God, David said, and it is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his children and the sheep of his pasture. He said, bearing that in mind, bearing in mind that everything you have, you only have it because God gave it to you. He said, here's what you need to do. Verse four, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and in his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. He said, everything belongs to me. So if you're gonna, if you're gonna do what you should do, you should walk in saying, thank you. I wouldn't have anything without you. I'll enter into your gates with thanksgiving. So the question is, how do you come into the presence of the Lord? Grumbling, <laughs> gotta go to church. My Lord, I don't feel like going to church today. <sighs> hope he don't make us talk to our neighbor 
I, I, hope, I hope Pastor John takes it easy today. Lord, have mercy. I'm so tired. I've been working hard. <laughs> you wasn't tired at the club on Friday. Oh, I think I struck a nerve. I better just... You should never be more excited about anything than you are about the Lord. How do we come into his presence? Ready to get it over with? He said, no, enter in to my presence with thanksgiving and into my courts with praise. Be thankful unto me and bless my name. So here I am coming to church taking my way. I'm coming to the house of the Lord. How am I coming? Y'all ain't ready for this. So I just come, got myself ready, got myself dressed. I'm out the building right now. Y'all don't even know it. And I'm coming into the house of the Lord. I'm in my parking space. I said hello to the greeter. I said hello to my friends and I walk into the house of the Lord and I ain't waiting to praise him. I ain't waiting to lift him up, but I come into his presence with thanksgiving in my heart. I walk into the room. God, I gotta praise you. Everything I got, I got it because of you. Everything you've done for me, I've got to give you praise. I'm not going to wait till I hear my song. I'm not going to wait till I hear my song. No, I'm going to come in. I dare you right now, come on in. Tell your neighbors, say, come on in. Now give God a shout of praise. I come in dancing. I come in rejoicing. I come in giving God glory. The word thanksgiving. Whew. I'm working, y'all. The word thanksgiving is todah. It means praising God for all that he's done. So right now, praise God for all he's done. He must not done too much for some of y'all. I said he must not have done very much for some of y'all. Praise God right now for everything that he's already done. Okay. It means to praise God for what he's already done. It's praising God for all that he has begun. That means the fraction. That means it's not done yet. But I have confidence that he who has begun a good work will be faithful to complete it. So right now, praise him for the fraction of what he... I don't have all the money, but I'll praise him for the money I've got. I don't have all the answer, but I'll praise him for the answer I've got. I don't have all my children, but I'll praise you for the children I've got. I know you right now, give him praise for the fraction, for what he's begun. Y'all, 
I dare you to tell somebody next to you, say, hey, listen, I need 30 seconds to praise God because he started some things in my life and I'm just going to go ahead and praise him. I'm going to go ahead and thank him. So here we go. Praise God for what he's already done. Praise God for all that he has begun. But then praise God in thanksgiving for all that he's getting ready to do in the next season in your life. Come on, Tadar is where gratitude and confidence and faith collide. Come on, if you want to break stuff off your life, you got to praise God. If you want to unlock something, you've got to praise God. Be thankful unto him. It said to give him thanks. Somebody say thanks. Be thankful means to let your praise and your excitement and your jubilation be a direct sign, a monument, a personal proclamation of the faithfulness and goodness of God. Your thanksgiving and your praise is like a road sign. It's a monument that God is working on my behalf. Somebody build a monument right now and just give him a little praise. Come on. Come on. Say, Apostle, what is praise? Praise is thankfulness on display. Here's what I'm concerned about. There's a generation of preachers that are rising up, and they've become very Calvinistic. I'm not going to teach that. I don't have time. But they basically believe that whoever is saved is going to get saved, and it doesn't matter if you preach the gospel or not. It doesn't matter if you do evangelism or not. Yet Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's a philosophy that says, you know, God chose some and he rejected others. I say that's a lie straight from the pit of hell. How do you know, Apostle? Because he said, it's not my will that any should perish. Who did God choose? He chose everybody. Did you know when 35 years ago, when I met Dawn, she was beautiful. Her roommate introduced me from North Carolina to her. Her roommate actually, my roommate introduced me to them, but her roommate actually liked me from North Carolina. And so I met North Carolina and Georgia at the same time. Don's from Georgia. And I had North Carolina trying to touch my mullet. But I had Georgia on my mind. Come on, somebody. Tempe, you know I love you. That's Tempe's still our precious friend. I, I, I love you, Tempe. I'm kidding. But I, I did have Georgia on my mind. That, that night, I looked at her and I said, she's pretty. She's not just pretty. Country folks say, she's pretty. Come on, she's so fine. She blows my mind. Come on, y'all. All kind of girls on the campus but only one for me. 
And I remember the night at the TCBY. The country's best yogurt. Come on. All y'all ain't 12. Y'all remember that? We used to tell ourselves we cutting down eating a yogurt, putting Snickers all over it, and Nutella. That night, man, I felt something. I said, I'm choosing this girl. But it would have been pointless for me to choose her if she wouldn't have chose me back. Who has Jesus chosen? Everybody. What's our job now? Choose him back. We've got these young people, they're leaning in, young preachers, to this Calvinistic theology, and it's replacing evangelism. They're not feeling the need to win the world. I feel more of a need to win the world than I've ever felt in my life. And you know, I love worship, but we've got this idea that all we do is worship, and I love to worship, but I'm telling you that we just can't get caught up in only worshiping God and not realizing we've got to break things off of a generation with our praise and our radical walk. People are coming in this church with all kind of heaviness. And I have felt transparently over the last three weeks, Don and I have felt it. We felt like the attack has been intensifying in people's lives. Who would admit in this last season the enemy's tried to afflict you with heaviness? Hold your hand up. Let's be honest. I can sense it. And that's why you have to walk God's process. Enter into his presence with thanksgiving in your heart. Lift up a joyful shout before the Lord. He said, this is the way I want you to approach me. He said, if you're going to come to me, please come my way. He said, be thankful and bless my name. Now, this is where we go to a deeper place. The word blessed there, after I thanked him, after I've celebrated him, after I threw a party, come on, after I've rehearsed his goodness, then I bless his name. It is the word Barak. It means to kneel, to adore, to bow down, to worship. It means that you have rehearsed the goodness of God so much. Until now, you can say, God, I'm in awe of you, Jesus. Lord, I worship you. I give you all the glory, you are worthy. I give you all the praise, you are wonderful. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God takes us into a deeper place. But we don't get there if we don't follow his process. The fifth verse says, why do we worship him? Why do we bless him? For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. So let me be the first 
Lord, to worship you because you're good and you're going to keep on being good. Lord, let, let me be the first to praise you because your mercy is everlasting. That doesn't mean you're merciful today and not tomorrow. Lord, let me be a worshiper. So somebody right now that did all the shouting, just lift your hands and begin to worship him right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. I worship you, Lord. Somebody stand on your feet right now. Somebody worship him right now. Worship him for his mercy that is everlasting and will never run out. Worship him for his truth that endures to all generations. Come on, John, real quick. Somebody just worship the Lord. Take us deeper, Lord, take us deeper. If you believe today that your absolute breakthrough is in the glory of the Lord. Open up your mouth and begin to worship Him. Come on, John, let's just worship for a moment. You, Lord, magnify your name. I will exalt you, Lord. I will exalt you, Lord. There is no I will exalt you, Lord. I will exalt you, Lord. No other name lifted Somebody raise up your hearts before him and sing, I will exalt. Oh, I will exalt you. to lift your voice and just sing your own song right now. Come on. Lord, I worship your name. Lord, I worship your name. There will be no one like our God ever. Come on, somebody just worship him right now. Somebody just worship him right now. Let the fruit of your lips begin to testify with your worship. All right. I'm going to have Courtney sing this song, but I wanted to come full circle. We shouted. We threw a party. He said, if you come into my presence, throw a party. He said, be thankful to me. That means praising me for what I've done, praising me for the fraction of what I've begun, praising me for what's to come. He said, then bless Barak. 
Some, sometimes people don't know how to barack. They haven't learned the art of intimacy. But we're going to do together communion. The Bible said, knowing that you were not redeemed with the corruptible things like silver or gold from the aimless conduct received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, the Lamb, without spot or blemish. If you don't have your elements, if you'll raise your hands, our ushers will give you elements right now. But as Pastor Courtney sings this, I want you to get caught up in his presence right now. Come on, lift up your hands if you're able. Come on, honey.
but somebody needs to break through with that lady right there. Come on. If you need Jesus, just hold that cup up before So I lift up the bread and I'll raise up the cup. Take and receive this feast of love. This offering was given to to the arms of 
Somebody's that needs it, sing it. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's the bread and the wine. He's healing me. When I take God said, I'm healing people in this room right now. The Lord said, because you've shouted, because you got in my process and praised me, because you thanked me. And the Lord said, now you are in a moment of Barak. You are worshiping me. I hear the Lord say blood pressure is being regulated right now. I hear the Lord say lumps are dissolving right now. There's someone in here, you've had a lump in your breast. I believe when you go home, that thing will be dissolved. Somebody, just lift up your hands and receive it right now. I hear the Lord say depression is just lifting right now because we've come into his presence. I hear the Lord say that I am ministering to my people in this moment because they are ministering to me. I want you to hold that bread before him. You know, this Thursday, we're going to gather. We're going to have turkey and, and dressing. People who are from the South, we don't eat stuffing. We eat dressing. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? And uh, we're going to have greens at my house and macaroni and cheese. Yeah. And caramel pecan pie. Chocolate cake with peanut butter. Let, let the Lord use you, don't. Let him use you. We call that meal Thanksgiving. Can I tell you this? The first Thanksgiving meal was not in Plymouth. The first Thanksgiving meal didn't occur in America. The first Thanksgiving meal happened 2,000 years ago in an upper room when Jesus took the bread and broke it and said, this is my body that is broken for you. Courtney wrote this amazing song and it speaks so adequately of what the Lord said because he said, I, he said, take this bread and break it. And he said, as often as you do it, remember me. So right now, I want you to push away all religious pretense. And I want you to know today, as you do this, you're acknowledging that you've been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus and his broken body. And today, we hold this before you, Lord, this bread and we break it and we say this represents your broken body broken for me I want to say thank you Lord for every stripe on your back I want to say thank you Lord for every nail in your hands I want to say thank you for the nails in your feet for the cross that you carry ah, thank you that you were marred and mangled and massacred so one day I could know the majesty of heaven so I raise this before you do it right now. And just begin to thank him. Come on. Begin to thank him right now. Come on. 
I know, I know we're going a little bit long, but I want you to begin to thank him right now. Everybody in this area, come on, you see me. I want you to thank him right now. I want people in the balcony to thank him right now. I want people across the room. I want everybody on the stage to begin to vocalize your thanksgiving. Thank you for your broken body, Jesus. You were broken so I could be mended. I give you praise. And you might partake. And then there's the matter of the blood. He said, this fruit of the vine represents my blood that will be poured out for you. I know we live in a day when some churches have moved away from communion and moved away from the blood. They don't think it's necessary anymore. But I believe still with all my heart that only the blood of Jesus can redeem my life. If you're thankful for the blood, hold that cup before I'm right now. So I lift up the bread and I raise up the before you right now and we say thank you for every drop of your blood thank you that we are washed in the blood of the lamb lord the text said we are not redeemed by corruptible things such as silver or gold but we are redeemed by the precious blood of jesus so this year we're not just going to feast on turkey and forget about the lamb we raise this cup before you and we thank you lamb of god for taking our sins away and you might partake in Jesus' name. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Come on, y'all. It's Jesus. He's healing me. Somebody slip up your hands and worship. It's Jesus. It's the bread and the wine. It's the bread and the wine. He's healing me. When I take it's it Jesus. Jesus. Oh yes it is. It's Jesus. He's healing me. He's healing me. When I take it. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's the bread and the wine. He's healing me. Can we sing it now? Come on. When Everybody say it's Jesus. Everything is Jesus. It's Jesus. It's all for Jesus. He's healing me when I take it. Oh, it's Jesus. It's the bread and the wine. He's healing me when I Sing it one more time. Say it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Yes, it is. It's Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's the bread and the wine. It's the bread and the wine. He's healing me. So raise up your hands. I'm going to pronounce a blessing over you before I release you. This week, I want you, when you're feasting on the turkey, tell everybody in your neighborhood, don't forget about the lamb. Somebody lift up a praise if you're thankful for the lamb. Come on. I said, you came in with praise, you're going to leave with praise. Lift up a praise if you're thankful for the lamb. So raise up your hands. I declare that this week is going to be a peaceful week for you. I declare that when your family gathers, you'll gather in joy. I declare that your praise and thanksgiving will be a monument before your family. Even your lost family members are going to come in and experience the presence of the Lord because you're going to carry the presence of God with you. I bind every work of the enemy that would try to depress you this season. I take authority over sickness. I take authority over problems. I take authority over depression. I take authority over fear and doubt. And I declare that this week is a week of thanksgiving and praise and breakthrough. If you're thankful for the Lamb, on the way out, I want you to give God a shout of praise. If you're my special guest, I want to meet you in the back. I'd love to shake your hand. Come on, sing. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060, or you can visit calvaryfl.com slash give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. You can also stay connected by following us on social media at Calvary FL and by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Again, thank you for joining us.